Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928, or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Today is Wednesday, Doug. How's the uh, morning SWAT? I was at the afternoon one. It went pretty well. Well, uh, they were both very packed. New guys out there. There was a lot of guys uh, this afternoon. Yeah, Yeah. and well, there was this morning too. And uh, I was really excited because I got to see an old running buddy of mine uh, when I was in the FBI. Oh, a guy I used to do some stuff with, and uh, hadn't seen him in a long time. And I was just really glad that. he got invited by somebody, him and another guy, and uh, just always good to have new guys there. But, you know, when you see somebody that you worked with or that you you, you had had uh, some memories with from other stuff, it was pretty cool to see yeah. him. I hadn't seen him in a while and just connect again. And uh, so, yeah, but it's a good text. I'm so excited about sharing next week on the radio what I shared today at SWAT. And... Um, just really, really good. You were you were there. You mm-hmm. got to hear it. I mean, it's just a powerful text about the gospel. And, you know, I think, Taylor, we take the gospel for granted a lot of times, just the sheer magnitude of God's mercy yeah. in our life. And uh, we, we're, <laughs> we're not as grateful as we should be because he just keeps pursuing and pursuing. So, uh, anyway, uh, it's great. It was a great uh, day. Hey, if you would like to join us at a SWAT group, you can join us tomorrow at Jumpin' Jack's House of Food on San Jose Boulevard, 6.30 a.m. We'll be there. Howdy, uh, Russell's Restaurant there, Jumpin' Jack's House of Food. They make a great breakfast pizza. So uh, you can join us there. And if you want, you can join us on Zoom. If for your work in, you can't get off and you want to, or if you're in Virginia, or if you're in Mississippi, or if you're in Idaho or England, wherever. Of course, England, you're about five hours ahead of us. Uh, so it'll be midnight over there, I think. But anyway, we're 7 p.m. tomorrow night on SWAT Zoom. Just send me an email to Doug at SWATradio.com. Or you can, if you remember, SWATradio.com. You can just go to the website, fill out the contact form there, and say, I want to be in the SWAT Zoom meeting. And so uh, only requirement is it's guys. Ladies, I'm trying to talk my wife into doing a SWAT Zoom for women, um, but we do SWAT Zoom for men on Thursday nights. Lori has a Bible study called SWAT for Women every Wednesday at 10 a.m. You are welcome to join her here at the Salem Center, 7235 Bentley Road. Uh, She would love to have you. She is a great teacher, and that woman pours through the word. She spends hours and hours and hours researching and digging deep. Lori's a detail person, Taylor. I don't know if uh, you are. I'm not. I am uh, it, when it matters, right? <laughs> I mean, like, and in, in, it does matter with the scripture, but I'm more of a big picture flyover mm-hmm. kind of guy. And so I love having Lori 
to be able to dig. She digs deep on uh, details. In fact, I steal a lot of her stuff. <laughs> so uh, it's good to uh, have her, uh, and she's doing the swap for women on Wednesdays mornings at 10 so uh join us hey i wanted to make uh an announcement about tomorrow we were supposed to have james katina of the katinas which i don't know if you've ever heard them they're a samoan singing group great worship guys and uh, they're out of nashville and i met them years ago and uh, had a relationship with them and just did some different things together and so i reached out to james i was actually going to try to bring him down to do something but they have a conflict. They're doing something that weekend that he'll share about, but uh, he can't be here tomorrow. He is going to be here on June 24th. Really some good guests tomorrow. I've got Jeff Dalrymple. Jeff used to be the vice president of Southern Seminary up mm-hmm. in Louisville. He worked with Al Moeller, and uh, he now is a consultant and the I think the CEO of Evangelical Council for Abuse Prevention. Hmm. which uh, really was created to help leaders protect the vulnerable in their ministry through awareness uh, and different resources. And uh, he's going to be our guest tomorrow. Uh, He has been um, obviously being up at Southern Seminary around Dr. Moeller. He has some exposure to a lot of people and uh, different people of influence in the ministry. And um, he is the executive director and uh, he's an elder out at Sunrise Community Church, and uh, he uh, has a consulting firm called Red Buffalo. Hmm. And so uh, he is going to be our guest tomorrow, and uh, he's going to be sharing about that. Uh, the Red Buffalo is kind of a, a coaching and consulting firm for leaders. He he does a podcast with Brad Sykes on leadership, and uh, they uh, – they had me on there. I got to, that's where I met him. I really enjoyed getting to talk to him. So uh, he agreed to be on tomorrow. So he is going to be our guest tomorrow. And then next week on the, uh, the, the I love guest days. Guest days are really uh, fun because you, we just get different people on there. Uh, and next week uh, we are going to have Phil Johnson of Grace to You, which I love Phil. Phil is uh, pretty active on Twitter. And I always get good info from him. Hmm. He's like, to me, like Alex Berenson in a way. He's always keeping up with things going on out in the world, except Phil's not just limited to COVID. He's following a lot of different things. And so he's going to be our guest next week. Then James Katina will be our guest the week after that. So hope uh, you can uh, join us for those guest interviews. And, uh, yeah, we're excited. Hey, I wanted to share something, Taylor, that uh, with our audience that you sent me that I thought was uh, very interesting uh, for you folks out there who have uh, basically been following our our podcast over the last, I, I call it our, our podcast, our radio program and everything else we've been doing. Um, the um, There was a bulletin that was put out, and I wanted to read it to you, and I thought this was interesting. Um, before we go to break this during this first break during the first if you're just tuning in we typically go over things uh, what's happening out in the world and christian worldview and all that stuff well uh, this particular bulletin came down uh from homeland security and i I wanted to read it uh if i can find it taylor i'm looking and looking 
But there it is. Okay. So this is a summary of the terrorism threat to U.S. homeland that was put out by Homeland Security on February 7th, just two days ago. It expires June 7th. The United States remains in a heightened threat fueled by several factors, including an online environment filled with false or misleading narratives and conspiracy theories and other forms of mis, dis, and malinformation. Now, I will tell you, that kind of language has never been part of a a terrorism threat mm. in the last three years, four years, five years. Go back, go back to the bulletins they put out. They never talked about misinformation, disinformation like that. That's very much talking points that are coming out of either the White House, mm-hmm. certainly the, the White House press secretary. Um, and it goes on to say, introduced and or amplified by foreign and domestic threat actors. These threat actors seek to exacerbate societal friction to sow discord and undermine public trust in government institutions as if it could already be uh, further undermined. Yeah, yeah, further undermined. (laughs) To encourage unrest, which could potentially inspire acts of violence. Notice the words there. Potentially. Mm -hmm. Who determines if it potentially does? Mm -hmm. You can say that almost about anything. Mass casualty attacks and other acts of targeted violence conducted by lone offenders and small groups acting in furtherance of, here's key words, ideological beliefs and or personal grievances pose an ongoing threat to the nation. While the conditions... Underlying the heightened threat have not significantly changed over the last year. The convergence of the following factors has increased volatility, unpredictability, and complexity of the threat environment. That's just fancy gobbledygook for saying, hey, these things are contributing and it's complex. Only we can determine if it's a threat or not. That's what they're saying. We're trying to be a lens for you here into what they're saying. One, the proliferation of false or misleading narratives which sow discord or undermine public trust in government institutions. How about it, folks? You folks have a lot of faith in our government institutions? I mean, I think that one's already a done deal. But anyway, that's what they say. Number two, continued calls for violence directed at U.S. critical infrastructure, soft targets, mass gatherings, faith-based institutions such as churches, synagogues, mosques, institutions. None of us are calling for that. I mean, Mm -hmm. but they're saying that there are people calling for that. And they're tying that together with, uh, you know, discord or distrust of what our narrative is, our government narrative is. Yes, um, well, the, anyway, the bottom line is some of the things that they've laid out in one of these, me and you, Taylor, could be at risk just for talking about COVID 
because they consider that misinformation, the information that we put out, even though we think what they put out is misinformation. Yeah, that that's the key thing about that. It all depends on who's uh, interpreting it. All right, we're up against the break. Stick with us. We'll be back with more in just a moment. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.astore.com. There is good news for the captive. Good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walks away. There is good That is Rescuer by Ren Collective. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you were just joining us just before the break, we were talking about um, a bulletin that came out from the Homeland Security Department. Uh, yeah, I said that right. From Homeland Security. Yes. Um, and uh, it's a, a little hair-raising. We wanted to discuss it a little bit further. Well, um, well, you know, what's interesting is one of the examples they give is the recent attack on a synagogue in Colleyville, Texas, highlight the continued threat of violence based on racial or religious motivations. That 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 they wield that as if it's a racial thing, black and white, but it's not. It had everything to do with Palestinian Jew mm-hmm. more than anything. Uh, Islam you know, Jew, whatever, if you want to, they, they say racial or religious, but, you know, and then they talk about threats directed at historically black colleges. Have you known about, have they publicized any threats against black colleges? There was a, a, a string of bombings, uh, or not bombings, but bombing threats that uh, happened all in one day. I did not get the final of who was behind it, though. But they, that was something that happened recently. Yeah, I hadn't even heard that. See, I mean, that's interesting. And then they talk about as COVID-19 restrictions continue to decrease, increased access to commercial and government buildings, um, uh, and the rising number of mass gatherings could provide increased opportunities for individuals looking to... Make, I mean, it's just crazy to me that this, they're talking about terrorism from within, and it's just, 
It's just kind of bizarre. Well, yeah, it just came out of nowhere. I mean, it's not like there's been an, a big incident or anything. I think this is going to be okay. First, they say they talk about when that pro- proliferation of uh, misleading or false narratives. They they go on to sites in particular. For example, there is widespread online proliferation of false or misleading narratives regarding unsubstantiated widespread election fraud and COVID nineteen. So, if you're going against the official narrative for COVID nineteen. Um, then you you could be deemed under that loose interpretation as a terrorist. And then going on where they talk about as COVID-19 restrictions continue to be lifted, it seems to me like they're concerned about having, you know, a trucker rally uh, type thing happen here, and they're looking to... They're trying to nip it before it ever starts, aren't they? Yeah, and have an excuse because then if, if something does happen and they go in and uh, shut it down aggressively. They can go, but well, look, we put out this bulletin before it happened. We were concerned about this. We're concerned about that. But um, you know, really, to to talk about people uh, disagreeing with the official narrative as being potential terrorists. I mean, I don't know how that's. I mean, that's pretty close to <laughs> stepping on people's First Amendment rights. There, if yeah. you act on that. Yeah, I I I think. So, how do you respond as believers? You just keep speaking the truth. Mm-hmm. You just keep living the truth, speaking the truth, and um, you just keep pressing on. That's what we're going to do. And, uh, you know, the government can put all this stuff down, but the government is not our Savior. Uh, Jesus is our Savior. Mm-hmm. He's our King. Uh, and so, uh, you know, we, we just keep functioning. We do function within our government here. Um, and so we are respectful of all government law until it conflicts with the Bible. Yeah. And then, and then we say no. And so whether, you know, that's abortion, whether it's homosexual rights, it doesn't matter. Our, our overarching authority is God's word. And so it's not the government. That's not my highest authority. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's the way we as believers need to live. Like our highest authority is God's word. And it's not optional for us. And so, you know, going into Acts, we've seen over and over the apostles were told, you can't speak, you can't do this. And they did it. They kept doing it anyway. And um, it's easy to get intimidated. In fact, you know, this week we've been talking about how Satan really brings a counterfeit uh, against the work a lot of times when God is expanding his work when he's going into a new area. And yesterday we spent most of the day on the exposure of that counterfeit, and the counterfeit in Acts 13, 5 through 8, was Elemus or Elemus, and uh, he was a magician who called himself a prophet. He called himself a, a son of Jesus, Bar-Jesus. And we see that uh, he really was, uh, he wasn't the power of God, like he said. He said he was a sorcerer who claimed to have an inside track with God. That wasn't true about him. He said he was a Jewish prophet. Luke calls him a Jewish false prophet. He said he was Bar-Jesus, the son of Jesus. Paul said he's the son of Satan. And so you see this exposure of him as a counterfeit, but how do we know who to believe Sometimes when, you know, somebody is like he's been whispering in Sergius Paulus's ear for a while as an influencer. 
And uh, how do you know? Well, the proof's always in the pudding. You know what that means? That means you you taste it and you're going to see if it really is made with the right ingredients. Mm -hmm. And so today we're going to look at verses 9 through 12, uh, the evidence of God's truth, how he reveals and, you know, he, he really he reveals the evidence of his truth in this text. And we see Paul as he identifies Elymas as son of the devil, enemy of all righteousness, says he's full of deceit and he makes straight paths crooked. He is calling out all three of his identifications in the prior verses mm. where he identifies as a sorcerer or magician, where he identifies as a prophet, and where he identifies as uh, Elymas bar Jesus, Elymas the son of Jesus. And then he strikes him blind. And so when we see that, who better than Paul would have understood the magnitude of that illustration? For three days he wandered around blind until uh, Ananias prayed for him under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And so um, blindness is an analogy of the darkness of what Elymas was teaching Sergius Paulus. So we're going to look at 9 through 12. Again, just to set the backdrop, Paul and Barnabas have left Antioch. They've been sent out by a vibrant church there, a church that taught God's Word, a church that was making disciples, a church that was praying, a church that was committed to the uh, evangelism and missions movement to expand and take God's Word to all the pagan cities. And as Paul and Barnabas left, they went and they came down to Cyprus. And they were in Paphos where they met this governor who was put there by the Senate of Rome. And he's a proconsul named Sergius Paulus who had Elymas right on his side who was whispering in his ear. And it says, we, we covered this yesterday, he was trying to pull uh, Sergius Paulus away from the faith. And Satan always tries to establish lies in the halls of influence. That's why he's there. That's why he's his right-hand guy. And um, we're going to look at um, really how the evidence of his truth really destroys the narrative of Elymas. It, it, I mean, it just, even what Paul says and what God does exposes him but it it reveals the evidence of the truth of god so that people can make an informed decision they you know god doesn't call people to a blind faith we have to consider the source of our faith we have to consider the consistency of that source and what external evidence is there that that information and that god of the bible is the god yahweh is the elohim the one real ruler he is the one who will deliver me from my sins so um, we see that today in verses 9 through 12 so i'm going to have you read verses 9 through 12 and we're going to look at the evidence of his truth uh, as compared to the uh, exposure of a counterfeit all right but saul who was also called paul filled with the holy spirit looked intently at him at him excuse me And said, You son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, full of all deceit and villainy, will you not stop making crooked the straight paths of the Lord? 
And now, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you will be blind and unable to see the sun for a time. Immediately mist and darkness fell upon him, and he went about seeking people to lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had occurred, for he was astonished at the teaching of the Lord. Hmm. You know, when when you think about um, Elymas, it's interesting to think about the parable of the weeds. Remember that parable back um, in Matthew 13 where he said, you know, the kingdom of heaven's like a man who's basically getting a garden together and he's sowing seeds in the field. It says, but while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed seeds, um, uh, sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. And the plants came up, they bore grain, the weeds appeared also. So you, you got them growing side by side. And the servants of the master came and said, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Why is there weeds there? And he said, an enemy has done this. So the servant said, you want us to go gather them? He said, no. Uh, Otherwise, when you gather them, you're going to get the wheat and the weeds together. He said, let them both grow until the harvest. And at the harvest, I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned. But gather the wheat into my barn. And so Jesus is saying, let them grow. You, you can tell a counterfeit against the real deal. Paul was the real deal. Paul had his life changed by Jesus. He encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus. Uh, Elymas was a false prophet, and he was uh, a magician. He was not somebody that really had truth. If you follow any spiritual truth other than Jesus, you're following a lie. And that's not a person you want being your brain trust if you're in a position of leadership. And so when we come back, we're going to kind of look at what Paul did, what he said to him, how he responded, and why he called him son of the devil. Not a very big evangelistic tool today. <laughs> All right, so stick with us. We will be back with more after the news. We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking. And a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, D-O-U-G, at SWATradio.com. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the news. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. That was Austin French with Freedom Hymn. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 13, verses 1 through 12 this week. Today we're focusing on verses 9 through 12 to close out the passage, uh, talking about the evidence of his being um, God's truth and that the proof is in the pudding uh, when it comes to uh, a false teacher here or a false uh, prophet, I guess I should say. Here and the contrast between uh, a false messenger of God 
in a true messenger of God. Yeah, and you know, um, in Acts chapter nine, uh, remember this is um, the first place you find Paul in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? It's uh, Saul. It, 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 well, it was Saul, yeah. but now it's Paul, mm-hmm. and so um, we're we're seeing Paul start to transition into. Basically, he's going to trans, start to transition into a leadership role. Even though he led a persecution within the church itself, he was pretty much just a guy who was out there. He was sharing the gospel with people. He was probably even teaching or preaching, but very on a very behind-the-scenes kind of way. Now he is going to be taking a leadership role, and wherever he goes, you're going to see he will be. You'll see Paul and his helpers, whether it's Paul and Timothy, whether it's even Paul and Barnabas up to this point. Um, if you if you look, it, it says, you know, they set apart from me Barnabas and Saul. Barnabas is mentioned first, um, you know, and uh, even down in verse 7, it says Barnabas and Saul. You see that. And so, um, you know, but if you go to verse 13, which we're going to see next week, it says Paul and his companions hmm. set out from campus, Paphos. And um, it'll be Paul and Barnabas from this point on. And so, but verse 9 is where he is mentioned as Paul. For the first time, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah I think it's the first time that we see his name mentioned as Paul in the New Testament. And um, his name some believe might have been Saul Paulus, mm. like Sergio Sergius Paulus, mm-hmm. like Saul Paulus. But uh, a lot of times, many Jews had both a Jewish and a Roman name, and so. Uh, but he went by Paul. But notice how he reacts. You know, when we first read verse ten, our initial reaction is like, "Well, wow, Paul, that's not a very loving thing to say. <laughs> you son of a devil, uh, son of the devil." Um, why, why would he say that? Why would he, he call him that? Why would he say you enemy of all righteousness? I mean, like he's just almost calling him out on all these things. You're full of deceit. He says you make straight paths crooked. Um, every one of those deals with what I call the, the false identities that he is saying he has one. He's not a true sorcerer. Well, I mean, in the sense that sorcerers claim they had divine access to God's power, and and they represented God. And he makes the claim that he's the son of Jesus. Bar is son of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And he says, no, you're not the son of Jesus. You're the son of the enemy. You're the son of Satan. Uh, He says, so uh, Elamis says, you know, he is a sorcerer, he has divine power, and he goes, Paul says, no, you're the enemy of all righteousness. You don't have divine power. Any power you have doesn't come from God. It comes from the enemy. And he says, well, I am a Jewish prophet. And he says, no, you're full of deceit. You, you are making straight paths crooked. What did the prophets do? They made crooked paths straight. They mm-hmm. prepared the way. Notice, remember it said yep. that about John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. So in verse 11, 
what you see is it says, and now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you. This is Paul talking. And he says, you will be blind and unable to see the sun for a time. Does that sound familiar? Mm-hmm. Sound like somebody else you know? <laughs> yeah, Saul is using the blindness, or God through Paul is using the blindness as an analogy of the darkness of Elimus's teaching. And he's trying to show Sergius Paulus, this guy's a fake. He has no divine power. He's a fake. And and what does Sergius Paulus do? It says, uh, verse 12, the proconsul believed when he saw what had occurred, for he was astonished at, notice, the teaching of the Lord. That's really important. It was the teaching. The miracles don't make people into believers. The, the, the miracles just kind of authenticate that these people have some kind of divine connection. But the word of God is what really draws them in. And remember we said earlier, we don't call people to a blind faith you have to look at the source of the faith, and the source of the faith is the biblical narrative, the biblical truth, the scriptures. It is God's word, and you have to look at the consistency of these scriptures, the consistency being that the God of the Old Testament is not different from the God of the New Testament. A lot of people say that. Mm-hmm. You know, they say, well, the God of the Old Testament's a God of judgment, the God of the New Testament's a God of grace. no. The God of the, read, uh, Revelation. Yeah, they, they, he's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He, he is the God who cares. He's the God who judges. He's the God who sustains. He is Elohim. He is over all. And so the consistency of God and his people, you see it. It's not like a father who has a favorite and lets one child get away with one thing, but the other, not. no, he, he, as the same he is he is consistent throughout and the message of the bible from beginning to end from genesis to revelation is there's salvation in jesus he is this he's our source and so uh, if we look at the source we look at the consistency finally we consider the external evidence what external evidence is there that the bible can be trusted well, actually, there's a lot. I mean, there's the changed life of the people that's mm-hmm. impacted, right? Mm-hmm. Um, most of the people I talk to, Taylor, uh, who don't believe the Bible have never really read the Bible. Yeah. I don't know if you find that, but... Uh, yeah, so it seems like, uh, you know, some of the hardest, hard, most hardcore atheists, their gripe isn't against the Bible, but um, against Christians who they find acting hypocritically. Yeah, I mean... Um, yeah, I think that um, they the the people who want to argue really strongly have never taken the time to to really read through the Bible to see. I mean, when you stop and think about just the sheer magnitude of the Bible, um, it it's all these you know sixty six books written by over forty different people who wrote with one central theme could you imagine today let's just say we got over a long period of time 1400 years right so let's just say today we got 10 of the best writers in america and we gave them one theme to write 
and we let them go away and they wrote each their own little book about it. Uh, do you think it would have one congruent theme running through it all? Not without discrepancy. No, no, there's going to be, well, I mean, because every, you got 10 different people, 10 different personalities, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. um, so when you think about that and yet there's one theme running through the Bible and that's that Jesus Christ is Messiah. Jesus Christ is the only way to God. He's the only way back into that right relationship with God. Um, I was talking to Lori last night. We were talking about the whole idea of the gospel. And people say, well, it is about a relationship with God. Well, that's true. It is. But everybody has a relationship to God. Mm. Some people just have a terrible relationship with him. Some people have a better. Uh, But, you know, when you think about the Bible itself and just all the things that are there, uh, the uh, the Bible was written, like we said, over a 1,600-year span that uh, had 40 different writers from every walk of life that basically were taking one message, consistently running it through, uh, and there's there's been throughout history i don't think any document more attacked and scrutinized than the bible yeah uh, no, no no other instrument has um you know um but god protected it over the years right mm-hmm. i mean um somebody was t- talking to me earlier uh well it was yesterday actually about the bible museum up in dc i really want to go see it because I think the guy who runs Hobby Lobby created it up there. So oh, really? Right. I didn't know that. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard. I heard uh, someone talking about it on a podcast. Sound like it was pretty cool. Yeah. So I mean, there's over three hundred specific prophecies given before the death of Christ, or before the life of Christ and death of Christ. Now you think about it. Whether it's Buddha, Confucius. Uh, Muhammad and all those other quote religions or faiths there's not one example really of a predictive prophecy that has been fulfilled like that Uh, think about their resurrection being pierced in the side soldiers gambling for the clothes being born in Bethlehem tribe of Judah family of David you know uh, betrayed by a friend for 30 pieces of silver lives in Egypt uh, causes the slaughter of children. There's all these different prophecies that were fulfilled that you have to just ignore it and just say, you know, you have to basically, you can't even be in- intellectually honest about it because uh, all those things are there. So the Bible has been tested. Um, you know, um, there, as you think about the Bible, oh, you have to look at it through. Um, really some some lens I guess you would just say Um, maybe we can look at those when we come back or people can call about it because you know a lot of people go well how did we get our Bible Mm. you know why is that important it's really important because what was it that changed Sergius Paulus it wasn't the miracle it was the teaching of the Lord it was his word 
And uh, I think that's really important for us to focus on. But people can call in if they want the last segment, or we can talk about the Bible itself. All right, so stick with us. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the break. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice the same old lies, if you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life, there's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain that is Chainbreaker by Zach Williams. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 13, verses 1 through 12. Today we're finishing up by looking at verses 9 through 12. If you have any questions or would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Yeah, um, you know, I uh, I was going through just some of the uh, just some of the uh, the facts about the Bible, you know, and um, and and just how it's been scrutinized over the years. You know, there's a lot of people today that will dismiss the Bible. In fact, they're they've rewritten it and tried to change genders they're trying to make it more gender inclusive today and And those are people who call themselves christians much less the people who aren't who are trying to attack it yeah more so yeah there there was a uh, guy named sir william ramsey that lived in um, the the mid uh, late 1800s early 1900s he died in 1939 he was an archaeological guy biblical skeptico and he taught at the University of Edinburgh, so he was a academic guy. Mm-hmm. He was um, he believed the Bibles. He believed that Bible writers made facts and made stories up. In fact, he made the declaration that uh, Acts was full of errors, and he went to Asia Minor to demonstrate Luke's unreliability. Have you heard this story? Mm-mm. Okay, so. Um, and he understood that it's hard to go back and disprove miracles and stuff, but um, he came back to England a believer mm. after going to basically make Luke out to be kind of a fraud. 
the guy who wrote Acts. And listen, this is what he said. He said that when, you know, when he first went to Asia Minor, many of the cities mentioned in Acts had no known lake, no known location, and nothing was known of their detailed history or politics. The Acts of the Apostles was the only record, and this guy was, like I said, very skeptical. Uh, but he devoted his whole life to unearthing the ancient cities and documents of Asia Minor. And after a lifetime of studying, I think about it, this was his life work, he concluded uh, that further studies showed that the book of Acts could bear the most minute scrutiny as an authority for the facts of the Aegean world, and that it was written with such judgment, such skill and art, and perception of the truth as to be a model of historical statement. Mm. I mean, think about that. He went over there to disprove and basically expose Luke as a fraud, and he come back saying that he is one of the most trusted sources of information about that time period. Uh, He said, I set out to look for truth on the borderland where Greece and Asia meet, and I found it there in Acts. And you can press the words of Luke in a degree beyond any other historian, and they stand the keenest scrutiny and the hardest treatment. Um, I mean, wouldn't you like that to be said about your words? I mean, Hmm. what you say, I mean, like, you know, you can scrutinize Taylor all day long, but his words stand true. That's what he said about Luke and Acts. And so the Bible um, has a lot of external evidence that stands up. And so as we think about that, as we think about, um, you know, the external evidence, the consistency and the source, we really have to to come to the conclusion that the proof was in the pudding that what paul said was true um and that every other religious idea is false i mean that's that's very unpopular to say it like that but the truth is it's either true or false Mm -hmm. and if what jesus said is true everything else is false yeah and and the law of non-contradicts says that you can't say all pins are black some pins are blue and have those two statements coexist. But that's what our world is wanting to do, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, when you look at the Bible and, and the specific, specifically the attacks against it, um, a lot of them are things like, oh, well, this says this in the Bible, but we don't have, you know, evidence of that. And every time that it's gone to look for that evidence, like uh, the, the professor from Edinburgh you're talking about, they end up finding it right. Everything uh, about our what we know about history mm-hmm. uh, backs up the the historical claims of the Bible, and that's just one of the ways that it can be uh, attested to. But then also people <clears throat> will talk about, you know, oh, there's, you know, they they go and they find there's this many errors in the Bible. Yeah. But then when you go back and look at what those errors are, they're like grammatical errors that are easily, you know, issues of a scribe that don't change the meaning of the text in any significant way, right? And then if you look at people say, oh, well, we don't really know if it's true because, uh, you know, we don't know where it came from or how, how many manuscripts there are. There are more fragments and full manuscripts of the Scripture than there are of any other. I think over 25,000 of the New Testament. Yeah, and I think, you know, no one 
disputes uh, Caesar's uh, autobiography that he wrote, right? And there's like 10 or 12 the copies that we have of that to know what he said. But yet when you talk about the, the, the scripture, it's, oh, well, we don't really know, but there's so many more fragments. And then they used to say, well, you know, the New Testament that was uh, wrote several hundred years after, you know, Christ was alive. And then lo and behold, oh, found some new uh, scrolls. And these date back to well within the apostles lifetimes. And it's like at every uh, station, you know, every degree that they attack the scripture, it, it holds up. Well, think about this. Think 300 prophecies about Jesus fulfilled. Uh, the probability of just eight being fulfilled is one in 1,017, okay? So there's a guy named Peter Stoner um, in Science Speak says that if you use modern science of probability, because that's math, right? Mm-hmm. You can you can predict probability based on, um, you know, mathematical principles. He says, we find that the chance that any man might have lived down to the present time and fulfilled all eight prophecies is one in 10 to the 17th. Hmm. That would be one and not, <laughs> that's, that's not 100 trillion that's greater than 100 trillion. It's the next 100 because, you know, you got 100 million, 100 billion, 100 trillion, and it mm-hmm. would be the next 100. I don't even know what that is. It probably starts with a Q. Yeah, something. Um, you know, um, <laughs> I don't know. But that's the probability. Um, and, I mean, when when you just stop and think about that, he, he goes on to say that to, to, to illustrate it, it's like you take 10 to the 17th silver dollars hmm. and lay them all across Texas. Oh, wow. That would cover the state of Texas two feet deep in silver dollars, as big as Texas is. Now you mark one of those silver dollars with a mark and then stir them all up all over the state, blindfolding a man telling him to travel as far as he wishes, but he's got to pick up the one that's got the mark on it. Hmm. What chance would he have? The same chance that the prophets would have had of writing these eight prophecies and have them come true in one man. And that's just for eight. And that's eight. That's not 300. You know, so that's pretty amazing when you stop and think about it, right? And, you know, so a a skeptic would say what? Oh, well, you know, the... uh the writers of the gospels, they knew what these prophecies were. And so they made sure to add them in there. Um, But what is the testament to, you know, that they believed what they were writing, that they saw it as true is the way they lived their lives and how they died. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, the other faiths have quote unquote martyrs, but generally those are people who, you know, fight other people and die. Right. You you don't have the same type of martyrdom really that you see in uh, Acts and throughout the early church. And that was a testament to their beliefs in, in the blood of the saints. Well, that, that watered the church. Yeah. I, I think if you look back over the Bible and you look, even we're going to see in Acts, that the Bible includes the good, the bad, the ugly of mankind. We see Cain killing his brother. We see uh, Joseph's brother selling him into slavery. We see David murdering his friend. 
committing adultery with his wife. You see the ugliness of life, but you also see changed lives. You Mm -hmm. see repentant men, and the message is the same. The message is Jesus, 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 only Jesus. And so as you think about um, your own life out there, what's your purpose in being here? How's that working for you? Just to quote Al Mohler, um, you can believe in a false religion, even Christianity that's very liberal in the sense, not politically liberal, but scripturally liberal in that, oh, I don't believe in hell. Mm -hmm. My God wouldn't send people to hell. Well, if you believe in the God of the Bible, the God Yahweh, he makes it very clear there's going to be a place of eternal torment because he offers salvation he makes the offer out to everyone not everyone receives it so you can believe in that false religion or you can believe in an infinite personal god who made man in his image with dignity and value he sent his son jesus to be a sacrifice for our selfish rebellious hearts and he says come come to me come to me come receive me as your savior and your lord as your king and I will be that king for you. I will be your savior. But you got to receive him. He's offering the offer to you. So I uh, hope that you'll take that offer. Um, t- tomorrow we got uh, Jeff Dalrymple. I hope you'll join us. Uh, he's got some uh, a great organization he works with, and uh, we're going to be talking to him about that tomorrow. All right. So make sure you tune you tune in tomorrow. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. Uh, You can join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a great day. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening 